1: All right, Laker fans, thank you very much for tuning in. A second edition of Lakers Talk post the 2021-2022 season. So obviously a week ago we did Lakers Talk, and um, that was day one of the Lakers offseason. Now we're already a a week into it. Had all the exit interviews last week, so things have kind of quieted down from a Laker front in regards to hearing from actual players, hearing from the front office. So uh, now we kind of just get to dive into the – The nitty-gritty of the Lakers offseason, so I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Uh, Bobby Marks, front office insider for ESPN. He's going to come on in about 30 minutes or so. Got a lot of questions. What the Lakers, some flexibility over the offseason, what we should expect, coaches that they're going to be targeting, all that good stuff. We'll get a chance to do that with Bobby Marks. I want to start off the show. There's a couple things I want to do. Um, A, I'm going to propose a question out to Laker fans if you want to see the Lakers run it back. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Are you in that camp where people say, well, if Russ was just healthy and if these guys played more than 21 games, this is what it would have looked like? um, I'll get your opinion on that. There were some reports that came out. Mark Stein actually put this out uh, earlier today that the Lakers unlikely to consent to a Russell Westbrook for Gordon Hayward trade. Um, I want to look at some options here for Russell Westbrook and which one that would be on the top of most Laker fans uh, uh, on the top of their list. We had, I had a conversation this morning. Travis and I were doing our show, and this just kind of naturally came up about LeBron James and a potential extension in August. Is that something that Laker fans want to see? I want to play it both ways. Is that something the organization, you know, obviously wants to entertain and have LeBron around for two years on top of this upcoming season? And will LeBron want that? So I, I think we could uh, certainly t- play out some scenarios on that front and then the latest as far as the Lakers' head coaching position. So the question I going to throw out there, do you want to see the Lakers run it back? Do you want to see them run it back? Do you want them to come back with the same players? And I'm talking about the core, right? We, we know there's a lot of role players that won't be on this team, maybe guys like Kent Bazemore and Wayne Ellington and Trevor Ariza and Dwight Howard. Go down the list of some of these players there's probably a good likelihood that players like that wouldn't come back. Maybe Dwight different. He had a a good season for the Lakers, I thought, in his role. But I'm just going to kind of put this from my perspective, and and we can uh, build off of it from there. I don't really think Laker fans are looking at this upcoming season and saying that, well, if you just gave LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook some more time, that things are going to change. Or if you just gave Braun, AD, and Westbrook a different coach – things would change, or some different role players, things would change. Um, and and to be honest with you, I don't really feel like the organization is looking at a scenario like that that would come into play and you know, you'd be happy with it, you'd be content with it, you'd walk into uh, sp- um, preseason basketball, training camp, and everything else with those three players as still all your key guys. I, I really genuinely don't see... Not only do I not see that happening, I think the Lakers will try to move heaven and earth to try to make sure that they come out next training camp with a different squad. With LeBron and Anthony Davis, is still your your foundation. I never bought into. You know, I think a lot of times we could listen to um, what players say. I'll give you an example. A week ago, during the exit interviews, I got an opportunity to ask Bron a question. And Bron was, tell me things you liked when you had your big three and things that you weren't that crazy about, um, and, and as far as the things that he wasn't that crazy about, I said, look, we just didn't play enough. We played 21 games. I played more games with guys in high school than I did with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. They played 21 games. They won 11 and 10. I heard what he was saying, but I also know how you know incredibly intelligent LeBron James is, one of the best to ever do it when it comes to the game of basketball. I think you could also look and have enough of a sample size and say, yeah, I don't think we're going to compete for a championship with these three players. These three players playing together. Um we know the model that the Lakers had the last couple of years. It was LeBron Anthony Davis and then the right role players. Uh this this season, this off season, this past off season, they went big game hunting. They went and got Russell Westbrook. Now I'm still uh, I'm still one of those that things that uh, of course you could win with three stars. It's got to be the right three players. They got to complement each other. One has to pick up for the other. You have to I guess seamlessly um assume that these blocks are going to fit, and that never really happened with the Lakers, and we we know it never did. Uh so I, I'm certainly not one that wants to see that the Lakers bring back LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. The odd men out, I, I think it's pretty obvious here. It's how do you get rid of Russell Westbrook's contract? How do you get rid of Russell Westbrook? How do you move on from um how do you move on from a player that seems to be it seemed to be the wrong marriage from the beginning and i I would assume both parties would feel more comfortable if they were playing somewhere else Uh, russell Westbrook's gonna he's gonna sign that extension or he's gonna opt into his final year of his contract he's gonna get 47 million no matter what happens next year um the question is going to be will the lakers have options to go take that contract and put it somewhere else and that that kind of leads me into my next conversation personally for me I just think it would be awful, awful to walk into next season, be in training camp in late September, uh, go into preseason in early October, and then end of October the Lakers start their 2022-2023 season, and LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook are still all on the same team. Um, There was an article that came out earlier today. Mark Stein, NBA insider Mark Stein, um, he reported that the Lakers have boundaries, then advertised when it comes to weighing Westbrook trades, and that injury histories would be a prime consideration in any deal. So the reason why this came up, there were three different trade scenarios that I think I brought up last week. That has been part of a conversation around the Lakers over the last um, over the last, you could say. Uh, while the season was kind of getting ready to wrap up, certainly the moment the season ended and you knew that they were out of playoff contention, that happened about two weeks ago or so, that game against the Phoenix Suns, that now you kind of started, okay, well, what's a destination? Who's a team that could look at Russell Westbrook and say, all right, we can take some good from a Russell Westbrook contract because there's stuff that we have that we want to get rid of, and maybe this is a happy marriage with a guy like Russ. One of those teams were the Charlotte Hornets. And Mark Stein put out there that the Lakers are unlikely to consent to Russell Westbrook for Gordon Hayward trade. So this specific conversation about this specific team is a good example of what the Lakers will be looking for this upcoming offseason. Hayward is owed about $30 million in his contract for next year um and for the lakers to match a deal westbrook's owed 47 you'd have to add another player i think terry rogier was the player that they were talking about two contracts you could look at charlotte and uh, charlotte and say to yourself maybe just maybe for them they would look to shop players like gordon hayward and terry rogier and just continue their youth movement get rid of bad contracts taking a contract like russell westbrook and in one year you can wipe out those other contracts that you have because Russes do $45 million or $47 million, and then it's over. Russell Westbrook could come off your books. That was one scenario that played out. Another one was to try to do some kind of deal with the Knicks. Grab some of their players. I think Kemba Walker would be a part of that one. Um, and then uh, the last one, which I think out of all the potential scenarios that I've heard as far as Russell Westbrook, the Indiana Pacers, to me, would be the most interesting one and would be the one where I feel both teams can accomplish what they're looking for. Now, maybe, just maybe, the Indiana Pacers look at Russell Westbrook and they look at the Lakers and say, no, you know what? We can shop our guys somewhere else. We could get more compensation. No, we're not in, in the best interest of helping the Lakers. We really don't care the situation that they're in. But this is the one where, at least from a Laker perspective, you could look at Russell Westbrook and say, okay, the Lakers competed for a championship with role players in the past around LeBron and Anthony Davis. Malcolm Brogdon, Buddy Heald, whatever other numbers to make it work, has been the conversation about the Lakers would take on a three-year contract from Brogdon, two-year contract for from Buddy Heald. The Indiana Pacers would take Russell Westbrook and decide, we're going to continue to rebuild. We like the young pieces that we have. We're hitting the reset button. Give us that Russ contract. Give us some draft compensation. Take back a couple bad contracts that we have. You get the role players that you're hoping to have um, to compete for an NBA championship. Or maybe it's not even compete for an NBA uh, uh, championship. How about just get back in the mix and then take it one step at a time from there? The Pacers one, by far, to me, is the most interesting. No question about it. The Pacers one, to me is by far the most interesting because I do think a player like Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Hield could tremendously help the Lakers. Now, you're going to take on some contracts. Brogdon's owed three years. Hield is owed uh, two years where the Russell Westbrook contract expires in one year and that $47 million is gone. But you're kind of desperate if you're the Lakers. How are you not? LeBron James, we, We're we're going to have conversations about LBJ, and this one's going to come up here in just a second. He's going to be in his 20th season next year. He's going to be due potentially to a two-year extension coming up in August. You're either still giving yourself an opportunity to compete, learning from some of your mistakes, going back out there and getting role players that you think fit with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, or you're just kind of running in circles. And I really actually feel if the Lakers don't make um, this type of move, and even if it costs them some draft compensation – I think they're still going to do whatever the hell they can to to, um, squeeze as much out of this lemon that they possibly can in this window with LeBron and Anthony Davis. I don't think that's going to change much this offseason. But once I saw that article this morning from Mark Stein about Lakers unlikely to consent to Russell Westbrook for Gordon Hayward, I will say if if your issue is you're worried about grabbing players that have an injury history, Malcolm Brogdon has certainly had an injury history as well, but I like those role players and – Um, I I think a Brogdon, buddy-heeled fit with the Lakers would be so much better than anything they had this past season, and then figuring out the rest of the roster from there would obviously be a priority for the Lakers. Quick shout-out here, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com to find a location near you. Home of the 15-minute oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com. Don't procrastinate. Get it done. You could easily, easily get the work done if your car is in need of maintenance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com. Um, if you guys want to hit me on Twitter, at Alan Slewa, this conversation I mentioned, Travis and I had it this morning. LeBron's potential extension coming in August. If you extend LeBron James for two more years past this current season, this season coming up, do you still feel like you got an opportunity for a chip, or is this going to be something done purely from an entertainment financial perspective, uh, we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All
1: right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Bobby Marks, by the way, coming up in about 12 minutes or so. Get a chance to, I got a lot of questions for Bobby Marks. Questions about the NBA, but specifically the Lakers, um, the way we actually just started the show, some of these questions about um, coaching opportunities, if he feels that the Lakers would would run it back with Russell Westbrook, which of the potential trades out there um, does he feel like would make most sense for the Lakers and which would actually be realistic? Because at the end of the day, we can all throw uh, as many ideas out there. But if the other team doesn't like it, then it takes two to tango. So uh, Bobby Mark's coming up here in just a few. So – I mentioned this, that there was a – Travis and I were having this conversation earlier today, and this just kind of naturally came up. We're talking about the Lakers. There was an article in the LA Times that the coaching job, the position for the Lakers, is not all that attractive. That Think about how many different headaches a new coach would come in and have to kind of navigate. Um, And and I'll I'll lay them out for you. LeBron's going to be going into his 20th season. Anthony Davis has played about 62% of the games since he's been a Laker, 50%, below 50% over the last two seasons. Um, th- that's, that right there is a lot. You, know, you just kind of use that as a conversation. You have to have Anthony Davis healthy, period. There's no question. If the Lakers have any run or any opportunity as a run, AD's got to be there, and he's got to be there often. LeBron in his 20th season, I saw what he did in his 19th year, and it's unbelievable that he was averaging 30 points a game, the amount of minutes that he was playing per night. The Lakers were still losing. Is it a shock that they were losing? Well, I, I think if AD wasn't there, I guess it's not you know a shock. It just shows you that Bron can't carry a team anymore the way he used to. And it also says a lot about the front office and the personnel that he had. Uh, around him and it didn't seem like a lot of that was the right fit Uh, coach Vogel and that coaching staff obviously there was a lot that didn't pan out from that perspective as well so a coach that walks in this upcoming year uh, that the Lakers target and they decide hey that's our guy there's a lot of questions around this roster and when Travis and I were having the conversation earlier this morning about it the conversation came up about, you know, LeBron's going to be doing extension come August. LeBron could potentially sign a two-year extension with the Lakers. So he's under contract um, for this upcoming year. This will be the final year of his contract. He'll make $44.5 million. This August, the Lakers can and I think will, will offer him a two-year, $97 million contract extension. All right? So the question then comes is, is that the right move for the Lakers? And then I'm also going to play this the other side. If you're LeBron James, do you want to extend with the Lakers? Do you feel like there's enough there to go continue to compete for an NBA championship? Because I think we all know what LeBron's priorities are the rest of his career. I don't know what order they're in, but I'll just tell you what his priorities are. He wants to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the most points scored in NBA history. That's going to happen this upcoming year, and I do think it's symbolic that it would happen with him rocking a Laker jersey. That's one of his priorities. The second priority he's been very adamant about. He wants to play with his son Bronny. How cool of a story would that be? You know, obviously for LeBron James, that's a priority of his. He wants to play with his son. So you got I want to pass Kareem. I want to play with my son. And the third, again, this is not in any specific order, has to be I want to compete for a freaking championship. I got four of them under my belt. I've been to the finals ten times but i want a chance at championship number uh 5 for himself personally or for w- with the lakers would be championship number 18 if it's here i i look at it this way from a laker perspective it is very difficult right now to sit here with how little confidence we have coming off of a 33 and 40 uh 49 season with little confidence that you have on the will anthony davis be healthy lebron's going to be in his 20th year what are you going to do with the russell westbrook contract you still got to figure out who's going to come coach the lakers who's pulling all the strings in the front office does palenka have uh not just the juice but does he have the room of hey i make the final decisions around here everything's going to come through me are there multiple voices in the front office where you can't really make one decision it's such a collective effort you got the the best term there is too many cooks in the kitchen if I'm the Lakers, I'm looking at this potential extension with LeBron James. I think it's going to happen. I think they will offer him that two-year extension. I think if you're LeBron, you got to ask yourself, do I still get a chance to win championships if I stay with the Lakers? Can LeBron be the best player on a championship team the rest of the way? Um, I think the hope and the idea and the concept was he's not going to have to be because Anthony Davis is going to take the reins for the Lakers, and he's going to grab that, and he's going to be the player that puts this team on his shoulders. Well, AD keeps telling us year after year, guys, I'm not that guy. I'm a really, really good player in the NBA, really good. But I'm not a MVP caliber player at this stage of his career um, in the National Basketball Association, that the other big men that are out there, Giannis, Jokic, Joel Embiid, those three big men are better than me. That's kind of what AD's been telling us the last couple of years. And and if, those, if there are people out there that want to make the argument, yeah, but Anthony Davis, we know how good of a two-way player he is. We know how amazing of a player he is in his career. I think you could say that, but you also got to say availability is a big part of it. And he hasn't been available for two years in a row. There was actually this, um, I don't know if you guys saw this, Chris Webber was on the volume volume is a, is a podcast program and Chris Webber, I'm going to read off one of the quotes. He said, this is Chris Webber talking about Anthony Davis. I think this is actually a little bit ironic because Chris Webber and Anthony Davis, I think have a lot in common, former Sacramento King, um, uh, Chris Webber. He says, I felt that he could be that missing piece for someone else. I don't know what he's proven as far as a lone star. He goes on to say he's a wonderful talent and he hit some big shots for LeBron. I get that, but we're talking about him being the alpha. I don't know when that's worked. I don't really argue with Chris Webber on this one. I can't really argue that we've looked at Anthony Davis at least with his just his stint with the Lakers and you could say, "Oh yeah, that guy's an alpha." Oh yeah, yeah, he could be the best player on the championship team. Oh yeah, yeah, don't you can put the ball, you could put your franchise on Anthony Davis' shoulders and he's going to deliver for you. Night in and night out. Um, the reason why I say it's kind of ironic that it's coming from Chris Weber. Weber, I think, was one of those players in the league. I don't think Weber could have been the best player on a championship team. He never won a championship. But his description of Anthony Davis, I think he's a player that has a perspective that is probably pretty close um, to what the, the way we look at Anthony Davis now. An unbelievable player. A great talent. He's just not the best player on the championship team. So when I go back to the, and I know I kind of went a little all over the place on this one to go back to what the Lakers will do when an extension comes up with LeBron James, Travis is saying you can't extend him. No, no, no. You got to start your rebuilding process right now. I actually don't think there, I think there are a lot of Laker fans would agree with that assessment. Yeah, let's, this window of winning championships, it's, it's already, it's behind you you were 16 games below 500. Um, You're not going to compete with teams like the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm mixing in teams that are either young and getting better or teams that are only going to get healthier as next season comes along. I think there are Laker fans that are saying, no, the days of winning a championship or competing a championship with Bron and Anthony Davis are over. Well, if an extension is offered to LeBron James uh, come August, I think the Lakers are telling you clear-cut that window is not over, that window is not done, that they could still compete for a championship over the next few years. Because when I laid out the priorities the priorities that were out there um, for LeBron James left in his career, not knowing what priority is top priority, I really still think LeBron James will still want to compete for an NBA championship. Now, how do I feel? I feel it's difficult right now to sit here today watching what I just watched over the course of 88 games and tell you that I think the Lakers, with a couple, a move here and a move there, are going to compete for a championship next year, let alone in LeBron's 21st and 22nd season in the NBA. But I'm also not one to sit here and tell you that they should punt and it's over. Because, I, I, you know, in my heart of hearts, I don't feel like it's completely over. Now, does that mean if the Lakers don't win a championship from this point on the rest of the way with LeBron's career as a Laker, does it mean it was unsuccessful? I think there's a lot of in-between storylines that will still have to get figured out to answer that question because they could make off-season moves this year and Anthony Davis could come back and play 70 games – and LeBron can have a similar season like he had last season or less than because AD's there all the time, so just naturally his numbers are going to decrease. And you could have a much better season, but you just don't win at all. That happens. You can't win it every year. But at least you want to go out because another team just, it was a it was a strong seven-game set, six games, whatever it is, and that team, you know what, they were just better. They—they they, Their team just clicked better than your team did. And it was in the Western Conference Finals. What you don't want to do is go out the way the Lakers went out this past year and, you know, obviously found themselves nowhere even near contention um, and and put themselves in a position where they weren't even a part of the playing tournament. The LeBron piece, I think, is going to be just as fascinating because if you're LeBron James, Sam Amick had put this out in The Athletic. If you're LeBron This is a quote I'm going to take from uh, Sam Amick's uh, article in The Athletic. We'll see. He's talking about an extension. LeBron potentially taking an extension that would come in August. He says, if that doesn't show you James is still reading the Lakers' room right now, then nothing else will. Then again, can anyone blame him for continuing to reassess a situation that looks as sideways now as it did when Magic Johnson walked off the Staples Center setback on April 10th of 2019? What Sam is trying to say is the Lakers can offer LeBron James whatever they want to offer him but that it's not a guarantee that LeBron would take that extension the way I, I view it if you're LeBron james I, I love when star players put franchises in kind of a peculiar situation where they're a little bit uncomfortable where they want to have you back but you're not giving them the you're not giving them the comfort. That that you are coming back. You're always kind of leaving them uncomfortable the entire way. I'll consider it, but this is what has to happen in order for me to come back. we got to be freaking winning. we got to be competing. And by the way, by the time August comes back, you'll have a really good handle of what the Lakers look like coming into next season. So by the time LeBron James, there's a decision to be made on his contract extension, you'll have already signed your head coach. That's obviously going to be a critical piece this offseason for the Lakers that's going to tell a big piece of whether this job is, um, you know, there's coaches fighting for it tooth and nail. And I'm talking about really good coaches that are currently coaching in the playoffs right now, or if, you know what, it's not as attractive as it once was, or just the current climate of where the Lakers are, you're not getting your top priority. You're getting your third pick or your fourth pick or your fifth pick. By the time we get to August and the question comes up about LeBron's extension, you'll have hired your head coach. You'll have hopefully by then figured out what you're going to do with Russell Westbrook. Russ is not on your roster and you went out and traded some role players and you gave up some draft compensation and you took, out, you took some contracts back, but you thought those contracts of players, role players, are going to help kind of change the culture of – this upcoming season, which we know obviously didn't happen this past year, um, we will find out a lot by the time LeBron's in a position to sign a two year, whatever that was, $94 million extension, $97 million extension. But I don't think it's just in the Lakers' hands. I think, you know, LeBron's done this in the past where I got to make sure that the place that I'm at, I, I have a legitimate chance of competing. And if I don't, then I got some question marks. And I'm not, that's not a threat or anything along those lines. I think Braun will genuinely want to see, do I still have a chance to compete for championships or am I in this position where I'm fighting for a plane tournament spot like he has for the last two years on this Lakers roster? And, of course, that's not all on LeBron. That A lot of that's going to depend on Anthony Davis, going to depend on your new head coach, on what the front office does with Russell Westbrook and everything else. Okay. I'm excited to have Bobby Marks a part of the show. He's an NBA front office insider for ESPN I got questions of who he thinks is realistic, who'd be a good fit for the Lakers at the coaching position. If he thinks um, it's viable that Russell Westbrook can be moved. Got a lot of NBA questions I want to get into as well as we uh, had our first weekend of the NBA. Games going on right now. We'll do all that coming up next. Thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, By the way, Lakers Talk, proud partner, Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15 minute drive through oil change. All you got to do is go to socaloilchange.com, get a chance. Uh, They've got got great coupons on there. Get a chance to uh, obviously uh, take care of your car, get it serviced, and you could do it at a great, great company at uh, uh, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Just go to SoCalOilChange.com. Bobby Marks coming up next.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details all
1: right welcome back to uh Lakers talk um very happy to have Bobby Marks on ESPN NBA front office insider uh taking some time to join the show Bobby I uh, hope you're doing well I know it's a busy time of the year and uh as you can imagine out here in Los Angeles a lot of questions around this Lakers team and uh, as we enter the off season, I think we're a week old now. We obviously had the playoff games over the weekend. Um, I, I just kind of want to get your overall thoughts before we look forward. H- how surprised are you that we're, we're sitting here and the Lakers are not part of the playoff picture walking into the season? I'm not sure what your specific expectations were and how you thought the Russ fit would uh, you know, ultimately play out. But just your thoughts on how the season played out and, and the fact that there's playoffs and the Lakers aren't a part of the mix.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when you take, you know, certainly from when we went, were in the offseason last year, we thought this team potentially could be a you know top four, or top five team in, in the Western Conference. If, if um, things broke the right way and they did a good job in free agency and certainly Westbrook fitting in, that would play a role. Um, as the season went on, I thought at a minimum they would be able to get into the play-in just based on, you look at what San Antonio did at the trade deadline when they traded, you know, Derek White and Sadie Young, and you know were really kind of an, um, you know, focus on, you know, draft picks. Certainly, the CJ McCollum trade to New Orleans helped the Pelicans, but you thought that San Antonio would have fallen out, and um, Lakers at, at a minimum would have slid into that nine, ten seed, and. Um, as we all know that certainly uh, certainly certainly did not happen, and certainly injuries and, and a lot of different uh, factors here um but yeah, I would say if you asked me before the start of the season, hey, the Lakers are going to be sitting home when the play starts i 'd say no that 's not going to happen, but uh as we know, it did
1: happen bobby is as we come as we approach this off season, you know i I feel like there's so many different priorities for the Lakers i don 't know where to start. If you're the front office, if you're Rob Palenka, where do you start? And I know the head coaching spot and the head coaching position is obviously going to be a key one, but it feels like you got a lot of questions unanswered as we sit here tonight and and try to kind of get the lay of the land here for the Lakers over the next month, next couple of months. What 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 do you feel is the most important priority that the Lakers just have to hit on this offseason?
2: I think it's the head coach. I mean, I really do. I mean, I think. You know, certainly they're, they're, the, whoever they hire is walking into, it's a, it's a unique situation. It's not like, um, you know, some of these teams that have young, you know, young core and or if it's, our, you know, Orlando from a year ago or Minnesota from last year where you're kind of just going in and you have, you know, you basically have an extended time period to, you know, develop guys over a three or four year period. I mean, you the, the coach, whoever they hire is walking into a situation where it's, it's it's a win now mentality based on with LeBron and Anthony and we'll see what happens with with Russell. And so I do think the priority is is getting it right with the head coach. And you, and you see in these playoffs, you know, hiring the right coach means a lot. I mean, Chris Finch in Minnesota, uh Willie Green in um hmm. New Orleans, uh Taylor Jenkins in uh Memphis, um you know, certainly you know we we know what Ty Lue can do in Cleveland and now with with the Clippers. So, you know, just because your roster is maybe limited right now, that changes awfully quick. And I think it is going to be important that, you know, priority one before you address what your roster is going to look like is is getting it right with the head coach.
1: Bobby Marks, who's the uh, NBA front office insider for ESPN, takes some time to join Lakers Talk. With that in mind, you know, we've read some local stories here. Um, Obviously the way – Frank Vogel that situation was handled it seemed like he was on the hot seat for three four months of the season eventually the Lakers let Frank Vogel go how, how attractive did, you know you just kind of gave an example of well you know what the roster looks like when you come in how attractive do you think the Laker job is at this stage Braun's going to be walking into his 20th season Anthony Davis has played about fifty percent of the games over the last couple of years, but you also know that those those two guys, as the foundation of a team, uh, of a team, just won you a championship in twenty twenty. How and and I when I say that, of course they're gonna someone's gonna step up and say, "Hey, this is the greatest job in the NBA." But as far as priorities go for the Lakers, who's on the top of their list? How do you feel like this specific job compares to other jobs out there? And and um, how confident are you that the Lakers will be able to get some some big hitters here?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's unique. It's unique in in two ways. It's unique that you do have LeBron and and Anthony Davis, you know, two players that are you know top twenty in, in the NBA. And we we all know about how how great LeBron is. So you're walking into a situation with those two players all, already. On the other side, it, I it almost I almost equate it to almost like a year to year type job because it's a year to year type roster just because there are so many holes here where, you know, you could have, you know, nine or 10 different faces for agency in 2020, and you could be going through the same situation once again, Hmm. um, you know, next off season in 2023 because of how your contracts are lined up and you don't have any draft picks this year. And we don't know about next year as far as, you know, maybe the Pelicans defer to 2000. Um, you know, you know or, or or swap rights there in, in 2023, and then the future here. So I, that's where, I'd like, you know, you're not walking, as I say, you're not walking into a situation where, like, you have 10 players and you can kind of groom the, these players, and this is at your foundation where, you know, the likelihood, I would say, is that LeBron is back for, um, you know, for 2023, 24 and um, we'll, we'll see what happens with, what happens with Westbrook if he's there or if he's traded for, multiple different players so that's the that's the unique part of it is that although you have those two players um it's ever changing and it's can it will continue to ever change until they've you know until rob gets it right
1: bobby it's 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 interesting when you lay it out that way because I, I think there's a lot of laker fans also kind of scratching their head of what is really the identity of this team and i i think the best way to describe it is they are a Year in, year out identity where you, you don't really know. I guess you could say we had it, we, we, we thought we had an idea of what we were going to be walking into this year, but it was much different than the year prior, which was pretty, you know, there was a lot of changes the year before that. That every, the, the consistent part, the consistency of having a franchise where you kind of know exactly what that team is, that portion is probably lacking at this point. We'll see how things play out there. Out of, out of some of the names that you've heard, and I know a lot of this is just rumors and everything else, but is there a coach out there that you think would be not just realistic, but a really good fit? Is there a combination of any of these names that you heard of that you would feel would be the right fit for the Lakers?
2: I, I think I'm intrigued as far as, and they they might probably will get out of this round against, against Dallas as far as what happens with Quinn Snyder and, and, um, and Utah. Um, you know, I think, Quinn kind of checks the boxes on on bo- both fronts. I think from a, certainly from a developmental standpoint where um, they've had young players in Utah at one point, whether it had been Rudy or Donovan, and now you see those two players as all NBA type players. And then on the other end, he's been in a lot of big games, as far as from a coaching standpoint, from the playoffs. Um, you know, he had a team that had the best record in the regular season last year. So he kind of checks both boxes. I don't know if he'll become available. I mean, I think, Based on how far this Utah team does, and they've certainly caught a little bit of a break with the Luca injury in this um, in this Dallas series here. So this this could go. You know, the, the likelihood is they would probably get Phoenix in the next round, and, and likelihood is they're, they'll probably be out of the playoffs here. So he's probably the um, he's probably the most intriguing um, coach for me because he's got the ex- the experience factor and. There's a lot of good young um assistants out there, but that is a tall task for a first if you know for a guy with for his first job um coming in you know a guy like darvin Ham for example, in Milwaukee who played in the league and is a i think should be a head coach in in the future, but to have somebody. With the expectation in your first job, I saw it in um, I saw it in Brooklyn when we hired Jason Kidd in 2013-14. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot to ask for a for a you know a, a guy to inherit a roster that's a win now and um, you know your margin for error is very little.
1: Um, final one here on the Laker front, and then I got a couple uh, NBA questions I want to throw your way of teams that are actually in the postseason. I know it sounds kind of weird, but that's uh, off season already here in LA. Um, Bobby, the the Russell Westbrook piece of things, just how you think things will play out with Russell Westbrook, is it – do you feel it's a huge challenge to trade away that contract? Um, do you see that there could be some opportunities that make sense for a franchise out there to take Russ's contract, plus for the Lakers to find role players that they think – could help them win this upcoming season. How difficult is it going to be to accomplish that? And would you be shocked if we start next year and Russ is still on this roster? No, I wouldn't be shocked. I I, I think
2: he's, you know, certainly from a trade standpoint, it's just a matter of is the Lakers willing to take back money that stretches into 23, 24 and beyond. So what I mean is, you know, is there going to be a situation, for example, in Milwaukee where, yeah, I mean, not Milwaukee, I'm sorry, Indiana, where a Pacer team that's, you know, they trade for Tyrese Halper and what's going to happen with Malcolm Brogdon? Can those two players fit? Do they look at, you know, does Indiana look like at this year as kind of a bridge year till next year? And they'll shed money to take back that, um you know, that Westbrook contract for one year. And, and from, from the Lakers' perspective is that what's the value of future first-round picks that they have, whether it be 2027 or 2029, and is there a reluctance to add that to a uh, in, in a Westbrook trade here, so I do think there'll be more opportunities than probably what presented at the trade deadline. But it's all about the two things I mentioned: are they are Lakers willing to take back back, back money that goes past this year, and are they willing to add draft picks here? Um, because as I as you as you see every year, there's always teams that you know value cap space more than maybe their own players, and the timeline as far as a rebuild. Um, maybe doesn't fit as far as a Malcolm Brogdon on their roster or Gordon Hayward in, in Charlotte, um, for that matter of fact.
1: Um, it's uh, it's Bobby. It's going to be one of those things. I know we'll be following it. We'll be following it all off season. Uh, the way you just described it, if you were the Lakers, how should they handle that situation? If it takes, let's use the Pacers as a perfect example. W- would you do a Malcolm Brogdon, a Buddy Hield? I don't know if there's more dollars that need to come and play for Russell Westbrook, and you got to give up that 2027 20, first rounder. Are you feel like the Lakers are backed enough into a corner here, to where they have to do something like that? Because if you don't do it, I don't know how much is going to change next season with those three together. Watching all 82 games, it, it uh, they played a fourth of the games together, but watching at, at least enough of a sample size, it was so difficult to try to make to justify how they can roll the ball back out there together. Would you do a deal like that? Just to try to try try something different?
2: I would certainly consider it. I mean I think you're certainly um, you know the pick is in two thousand twenty seven and when you have LeBron and A D on your on your roster, you're a win now team and that's that comes at the cost of of trading away f- future uh, uh you know future draft picks here. So The the hard part will be if you don't, as you mentioned, like now you're back to square one where you were last year, and you're relying on all these guys, veteran minimum type players, and puts a lot of pressure on your front office to go out there and and do bargain shop. And I think you know certainly the approach they took this past year is not the one they're going to go again. Where the continuity factor, older veterans here, I think you can. Youth does work sometimes. You know, you know, signing Stanley and Austin and Malik and. Um, You know, players like that that came in and had a little bit of a role. But, you know, the goal, if you have nine spots and you've got to go out and sign all nine to the better minimum, you know, the goal is to go out and get five that can have an impact. And this market is not a great market for free agents. And how do free agents view the Lakers right now? Do they see that as a, you know, a team where they can win a championship or are they willing to go to Brooklyn or Boston or, um, you know, Milwaukee, some of those other
1: teams? Um, Bobby, a couple final ones here, and th- these are just on the NBA front. The Obviously, the NBA playoffs has started, and it was an exciting weekend. Game's going on as we speak right now. Uh, what did you take away? Is there a team that we're not talking enough about, maybe a underdog that's um, not getting enough love or representation that you think can actually potentially have a real shot at an upset here in this first round, whether it be the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference?
2: I think Minnesota. I don't think there's fear at all with that group. Um, they went into Memphis certainly in a, in a game one and, 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 and I don't want to say stole a game because they basically led wire to wire and you know, with with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns playing at a high level like that, I would not be surprised them, you know, going back to Minnesota up two zero and Asked, that was my big question for this this Grizzlies team, is I wanted to see when they dealt with a little bit of adversity. I want to see when you lose a home game when you're the favorite, unlike last year when you're the you know seventh, you're the eighth seed, and you've got to go on the road here. And um, I want to see what kind of confidence they have for the rest of this series here. But I think Minnesota, you know, winning that play against the Clippers and then going on a road and stealing game one, I, they've got all the confidence in the world. And, you know, even if they, they lose a game, a game two, that they think they can win two games at home
1: they got a uh, Game 2 coming up tomorrow. Um, that game will be on NBA TV. Bobby, thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate your insight on all the stuff around Lakers and certainly around the NBA as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that is uh, Bobby Marks right there, front office insider for ESPN. Um, let's play off a couple things that we just talked about with Bobby, and we'll give our final thoughts as well. Stay right here. This is uh, Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for a service? Head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change for over 30 years. Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty uh, to a dirty waiting room at Valvoline. You stay in your car, you stay safe while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. All right, big thank you to uh, Bobby Marks right there. Always appreciate him. You know, he, he joins the show, probably have him on once every three months or so. He's fantastic and makes some time to obviously uh, break down the Lakers. Yeah, I, I thought what was most interesting, I, I was trying to figure out who he thought would be a good fit and realistic as far as a Lakers coach. I, I like his justification for Quinn Snyder. I, I really do. And I've said Nick Nurse before, and I, I don't know how realistic Nick Nurse is. But I think there's kind of similar pedigrees to both of those guys. What I'm referring to there is he likes Quint Snyder because he's somebody that he feels like can be the Lakers head coach while you have your stars. And then he could also be your head coach if you started a rebuilding phase in a couple of years. right? That even after LeBron James, and we'll see what happens down the road with AD and whoever else is on this roster, that you can have a coach that can do a little bit of both. Now, you know, the, the Jazz, I think they've been a disappointing franchise as far as getting to that next level. Um, and the next level would be the Western Conference Finals or representing the West. I, I do think they have been disappointing. So that's one knock I would have on Quinn Snyder is you've had some pretty good talent. I feel like they've obviously put a team together around Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert that could compete. But you've reached your ceiling. They're going to get lucky in this series against the Dallas Mavericks because Luka's not there. Um, I Actually, th- I don't think they would have won the series if, if Luka wasn't there. We'll see how things play out. I mean, they uh, grabbed the the first game um, in that matchup, and they got a game going on right now. But I, I just bring it up simply because he also, to me, has not proved that he could take a team – Take him to the Western Conference Finals. I, I I would have thought Utah would have had more more success under Quinn Snyder. I've mentioned Nick Nurse before. I was doing. I actually had an opportunity to do some TV with on CBS with Jim Hill on Saturday, and there was a conversation we we're having about it. And I mentioned Nick Nurse specifically, Nick Nurse, because he's a coach that I feel like he's got his guys. You know, he's coached really good players before. He's won an NBA championship. I don't care how the scenario played out. I know there were some injured players for the Golden State Warriors, but he got a freaking NBA championship, and he's now coaching a lot of young pieces. He has them playing tough and hard. Every time I feel like I watch the Toronto Raptors play, I never have to question the um, the effort or the um, uh, just how hard these guys play for their coach. And uh, that's been part of my attractive what what I feel like is attractive coming from Nick Nurse. So, we'll see how the, how things play out from a coaching perspective and um uh and what the Lakers eventually do. But you can hear, listen. You heard Bobby Mark say it. It's the biggest priority this offseason. It's your coach. That's what he said. He didn't say trading Russell Westbrook. Um he didn't say figuring out what to do with your front office or, you know, who's making the final call or anything. No, it's your head coach. I have, um, I have said this, and I'll continue to harp on it because I think it really is critical to bring up your off season this year. How Rob Palenka juggles all these question marks around the Lakers, I think, is everything to the franchise moving forward. Because you can make the argument that Rob Palenka give him credit for what he did to going to get that championship. In the Orlando bubble. I will go out of my way. Give him credit because he deserves a lot of credit. If you want to take some credit away, I'll find a way to to mix it back in. If you're going to criticize him for what the Lakers, where they sit today, make sure you also give him credit for winning a championship. But since that championship, you're out in the first round, you made moves in the offseason. After that champ or after the uh, the first round, uh, exit that the Lakers win, you make more moves in the offseason, and now you couldn't even make the playing tournament. What he does and the decisions he makes this offseason season so critical for the Lakers. Coaching personnel, um, how you handle the Westbrook trade, if that eventually happens, draft compensation, all these things are going to be so critical this offseason. I think it always, for me, goes back to what uh, Rob Palenka does. and uh, Again, Bobby Mark's fantastic, as always. So I got this stat. This was kind of crazy. Over the weekend, the Spurs were also eliminated, or that was late last week. And I saw that this is the first time since the NBA-ABA merger in 1976 both the Spurs and the Lakers have failed to make the playoffs in the same season. That's kind of crazy. Spurs um, were there 22 years in a row. 1998 through 2019. The Lakers, obviously, they've missed the playoffs for the seventh time in nine years. Just kind of shows where their franchise is. And one of the things that's a little bit glaring and, uh, you know, unfortunate at the same time, I I love the NBA. So I'm watching a lot of these playoff games. There is some really good playoff basketball. Not all of it, but there's some really good playoff basketball. And you're finally starting to watch product um that you could look at and kind of say to yourself like wow okay that's yeah that's that's a good product right there oh, okay look at that franchise you know where they're going wow look at that team they got not just stars but the right role players and they're cropping their 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 youngsters that that's what concerns me most about the lakers is when you're watching the warriors and you're watching denver and you're like man what will they be when jamal murray and and Jokic or um michael porter jr comes back um when you're watching some of these teams out there, you're saying, I see the promise in a lot of these teams, how, how much better they can be than they already are. And that that's one piece of this where I get concerned about the Lake Show is, I don't really know what their identity is. And they're in this weird in-between stage. They're trying to compete for a chip now, and they couldn't even make the playoffs. So this is just uh, another chapter to this obviously to this Lakers offseason that we'll have to get figured out as the season progresses. A uh, great NBA games. Um I, I will say this just one quick one on the Clippers. I was really really surprised that the Clippers did not make the playoffs. I really was. Give them credit all the injuries that they had, but at the same time, they blew blew two double digit leads. The game against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the game against the uh the Pelicans on Friday night. So that's crazy that both LA teams are not part of the playoff mix. I like fans. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Thank you to Mario Ruiz. Thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Everybody uh, working there, you know what's off in the background. Um, And on top of that, I'm back on tomorrow morning with Travis Rogers, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you miss any part of the uh, show, make sure you catch the Lakers Talk podcast on the ESPN app or on iTunes. L.A., have a great rest of your night.